Hello, this is Rabbi Daniel Karopkin. Welcome to this podcast for learning the classic philosophical work by Maimonides, or Rambam, called More Nevuchim, or Guide for the Perplexed. This text has been studied for centuries by great scholars, Jewish and non-Jewish alike. It seeks to reconcile Aristotelian and Neoplatonic philosophy with the Torah of our people, and is considered the perfect entree for reconciling one's spiritual and rational personas. Join me for half-hour installments as we explore the text together. Hello, this is uh, Daniel Karapkin speaking to you live from the Facebook page of webyeshiva.org, and we are studying Moren Nevuchim, um, Maimonides' Guide for the Perplexed. We are now in chapter 54 in the first section, um, and we are using the translation of Shlomo Pines, the Pines edition of Moren Nevuchim in English. We are on page 123. Um, to be able to get our bearings two chapters ago, in chapter 52, the Rambam had described five different kinds of attributes, five types of attributes, meaning the way that you could ascribe or, de or describe a certain kind of person, place, or thing, including God. And the Rambam concludes this is part of his negative theology, that there are no attributes that are properly ascribable to God other than the fifth of the five types, which is you can only describe God by his actions, by what God does in the world, which means that we will never know the essential nature of God. We can only know God by what is manifest through his actions. And that is the way that the prophets in Tanakh describe Hashem. Even though the descriptions that are used in Tanakh seem like they are describing some kind of essential nature, like when the, the, uh, when the Tanakh says that God is compassionate, that God is merciful, that God is loving. These seems to be innate descriptions of a being with a soul who has certain emotional um, makeup, but that is not true of God. God's actions are reflective of, were they to be manifest in a human being, they would be reflective of mercy or compassion or love. But God himself does not possess any of those attributes because that would be a diminution of God's unity were we to say that God is comprised of multiple different types of um, attributes and, um, and characteristics and so forth. So that's what we've been discussing over the last few weeks. And now we're going to embark on a non-philosophical topic which is to try and look at the Chumash after the sin of the golden calf, um, primarily from Exodus chapter 33, where we see a very interesting passage that after Moshe has garnered forgiveness for the Jewish people, Moshe makes a petition of God to be able to understand God better in some way. And that's what we want to try and be able to understand, because this desire that Moshe has to understand God in some way um, needs to be explained carefully using Maimonides' negative theology. So, we're, we're going to divide our uh, discussion of chapter 54 in two sections. Part one will be today, part two will be next week. 
But in order for us to get our bearings, it might be helpful for you to bring up in another tab. We have a handout for today which provides you with the entire text in Hebrew from Exodus chapter 33, verses 12 through 23, where we find that Moshe makes, two in the course of his begging forgiveness for the uh, people's commission of the golden calf, he asks for two things. In verse 13, Moshe says as follows, that now, God, if I have found favor in your eyes, show me now, or show me please, not, not can be translated in both ways, your ways, show me your ways. So I will know you, and so that I can find favor in your eyes, and that's a very important thing. Moses seems to be connecting a knowledge of God to finding favor in God's eyes. And behold, O God, that this nation, this nation that has committed this sin, they are your nation. Now, what that has to do with Moshe's uh, be informed of God's ways, unclear, but we're going to get to that. Now, later on, God says to Moshe in verse, uh, sorry, uh, Moses says to God in verse 18, petition, five verses later, Vayomar har'eni na et kivodecha. Show me, please, or show me now your glory. Now, these are two separate requests. Sh uh, inform me of your ways, and show me your glory. What is the difference between the two, and why is this such an important uh, portion of the Torah for the Rambam? So let's, let's begin the text. Know that the master of all wise men, meaning Moses, peace be on him, made two requests and received an answer to both of them. One request consisted in, him, in his asking God, may he be exalted, him know his essence and true reality. Moshe sought to understand, after the sin of the golden calf, something innate, something about God. The second request, which he put first, was that he should let him know his attributes. And here the Rambam is referring to actional attributes. Understand how you live with your creation of God. The answer to the two requests that he may be, he exalted, gave him, consisted in his promising him to let him know all his attributes, making it known to him that they are his action. So that's the first thing that God told Moshe. And we're going to see this in the text, that God told Moshe, I will show you all of the ways that I interact with this world. And the thing that God told him is that God taught him that his essence cannot be grasped as it really is. So your second petition is denied, your petition is granted. Okay, yet he draws attention to a subject of speculation through which he can apprehend to the furthest extent that is possible. And basically God said to him, you will not see my face, but you will see my back. I want to refer you when we talk about this, you may remember that we had visited this interchange between God and Moses earlier in Morenavuchim, in chapters, um, in, in chapters uh, 37 and chapter 38, when the Rambam had defined two terms 
because that was the section earlier in Moren Nevuchim where he was dealing with terminology that is found in Tanakh that seems to, at face glance, ascribe corporeality to God, but does really not. In chapter 37, the Rambam talked about face, because God says, you will not see my face, but you will see chapter 38 to dealt with back, panim and achor. And in the course of explaining these terms, the Rambam talked about this chapter, and he said, I will, I will exposit on this discussion of what actually Moshe was asking for in the chapter, and that's the chapter that we're up to now. We continue, for what has been understood by Moses, peace be on him, has not been apprehended by anyone before him, nor will it be apprehended by anyone after him. So Moshe accomplished something that for every other human being was not possible, which was to get some kind of level of God's essential nature, even though God's truest, God in his truest essence, cannot be understood even by Moses, yet Moses got some level of understanding. His request regarding the knowledge of God's attributes is conveyed in his saying, Hodi'eni et derachecha, okay, which is from verse 13, that I may know thee, and so on. Consider the wondrous notions contained in this dictum. For his saying, show me now thy ways, that I may know thee, indicates that God may he be exalted, is known through attributive qualifications, meaning that you can only know God by how he is uh, manifest in this world, for when he would know ways, he would know him. And if you take a look at he in his commentary to the Torah, he seems to indicate the same thing. Furthermore, his saying that I might find grace in thy sight, Laman emtsachein be'enecha. So remember, Moshe seems to be linking his understanding of God's at actional attributes to, in some way, finding grace in God's eyes. So what's the connection between the two? Indicates that he who knows God finds grace in sight, and not he who merely fasts and prays. So um, the Rambam here is being critical of Jews who engage in ritual without intellectual speculation. And it's very important for us to know this. This is the Rambam polemicizing against his own people, basically saying, if you think that the way to be close to God is through fasting, and through uttering words that do not connect you intellectually with God, then you are making a big mistake. The Rambam is talking about not prayer that is sincere from the heart and that a person is intellectually engaged in, but as Rav Kafich says, he's talking about incantational prayer, by merely uttering words and thinking that you're going to garner some kind of divine dvekut, some kind of closeness to God as a result. He says, that's not how one finds grace in God's eyes but everyone who has knowledge of him. And um, this is where we really see that the Rambam is a universal approach to man's relationship with God. There are many Jewish thinkers who say that there is a particular or a particular, particularistic method of reaching closeness to God through ritual and incantation that can only be known through, to a select few and can only be attained by a select few through a particularistic process, a ritual. And the Rambam disagrees very strongly with that. 
A knowledge of God can be attained by any human being, Jew or non-Jew, provided that that person is intellectually engaged with God. And that is the reason why there is a linkage between Moshe understanding God on some level and finding favor in God's eyes. The, the more you understand or know God, the closer you are with God and the more the relationship is bonded and cemented. Accordingly, those who know him are those who are favored by him and are permitted to come near to him, whereas those who do not know him are out of his wrath. For his favor and wrath, his nearness and remoteness correspond to the extent of a man's knowledge or ignorance. However, we have gone beyond the limits of this chapter. I shall accordingly return to that subject. The level of closeness and distance from God based on one's intellectual understanding of the Ribbon Shalom of the Master of the Universe and what the Rambam is alluding to is something that he will undertake in the third section of Moren Vuchim when he talks about Hashkacha Prati, about divine providence. The Rambam has a thesis that the sliding scale, meaning that there are some people who are more connected to God and therefore subject to a higher level of scrutiny and supervision, and there are some human beings that are very distant from God and therefore are left more to their own devices, do not receive as much divine individual providence, hashkacha pratit, based upon their intellectual accomplishments, based upon their ability to apprehend God in their minds. The more you appreciate and understand God, the is with you, and the more, meaning the more he supervises and oversees your life. The further you are in your understanding of God, the further that God allows you sort of be, sort of to flap in the wind, as it were, and to be left to your own devices. Let us continue, because that's not our subject for today. When Moshe asked for knowledge of the forgiveness for the nation, he was given a favorable answer with regard to their being forgiven. Then he asked for the Now, before we go any further, what we have to also understand is, what is the connection between asking for forgiveness for the nation and being able to understand God? Why is Moshe connecting the two together? If we take a look at Rashi, Rashi has certainly one approach. Rashi's approach, and we have this in source number two in the handout, Shelo tomar gadol that Moshe was basically saying to God, I don't want you to think, Hashem, that by my asking to be able to have this really, really intimately close understanding of you, that you can ignore the rest of the Jewish people. My basis for being in your favor, Hashem, is only because this is your nation and I am your leader. You don't have the right, is what Moshe is arguing, oh God, you don't have the right to just ignore the rest of the nation, me into your chosen people, and destroy the, destroy the Jewish people because of their sin. Moshe was linking the two together, and he was basically essentially asking God to, uh, at, at the, on the one hand, spare the nation, and at the other hand, to elevate him in some way so that he could, um, so that, uh, so that he could know God more, but not at the In a moment, when we get to the top of page 125 in the, in the Pines text, we are going to see that the Rambam has his own interpretation as to why Moshe links the two together. His understanding of the people 
in some way is necessary for the people to attain true forgiveness or their forgiveness is some way linked to his understanding. Get there in just a moment. But let's go on with the text. And later in verse 18, he then asked for the apprehension of his essence, may he be exalted. This is what he means when he says, and these are the words, Show me, I pray thee, whereupon he received a favorable answer with regard to what he had asked for at first, namely, right? Show me your derachecha, all my goodness pass before you. But in answer to his second demand, he was told, you cannot see my face, right? And God says to him, um, uh, uh, you will not see my face. And what God is essentially telling Moses, you not see the true essence of my being. Now, uh, if you remember, chapter 37, the Rambam had introduced us to interpretation of those words, lo, uh, lo, you will not be able to see my face. He quoted from Unculus, where Unculus had suggested, Lo otet panai means you will not see those um, non-corporeal beings that I have created that are in front of me, meaning that are closest to me in essence. You will not even be able to see them properly. But that is not the approach that the Rambam is taking. We refer you back to chapter if you'd like to uh, go back and review the unculus meaning of this of this text, but basically um, uh, alludes that all my goodness alludes to the display to him of all. Um, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. So let us go back to God's affirmative response to Moshe. God's affirmative response to Moshe was, That's what Moshe asked. I want to see your attributes. And God said, I will let you see all of my goodness. I will pass all of my goodness. I will pass all my goodness be over you. Now, what does the word goodness mean? So the Rambam says, if you look back in the Torah to the first time, the Torah uses the term tov, good. That's the goodness that God is referring to over here. And God is essentially telling Moshe, that I will show you all of creation, because as the Torah says, God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And so essentially, therefore, what God is instructing Moshe, that the more you understand about creation, the more you understand the most that you understand about God, which are his attributes with the world. In other words, you want to understand God? Look at creation. This is a fascinating insight into the mind of the Rambam. The Rambam does not suggest that the way to understand is to open a block Gemara, a page of Talmud. According to the Rambam, the way to understand God is to understand his creation, to go out into nature and to seek out the essence of what it means to be part of creation. The more you understand about creation, astronomy, physics, botany, zoology, anatomy, all of the other sciences, the closer of a knowledge you will have of God, and ergo, the closer you will be to God. By their display, I mean that he will apprehend their nature and the way they are mutually connected so that he will know how he governs them in general and in detail. This notion is indicated when it says, Behold, Beitin, Emanhu, that Moshe is the most trusted. 
house because he has the most greatest knowledge. That is, he has grasped the existence of all my world with a true and firmly established understanding. For the opinions that are not correct are not firmly established. Accordingly, the apprehension of these actions is an apprehension of his attributes. Once you understand how God you understand God's attributes, may he be exalted with respect to which he is known, and that's how assertion that the thing which was promised him was the actions of God, may he be exalted, is the fact that what was made known to him were simply pure attributes of action. Kel, Chanun, Virachum, etc., etc. Erech, what we know as the 13 attributes of mercy, the Yod Gimel Midot Shel Rachamim. Because later on in chapter 34, when God appears before Moshe and teaches him about his attributes, what does God do? That God passes over Moses' face in verse 34, and he calls out, Adoshem, Adoshem, Kel Rachum V'chanun, God, God, he is the Lord that is compassionate and benevolent. Erech very, very patient. Verab chesed, filled with kindness. Thirteen attributes of mercy. What is God teaching whom he is, the way that he interacts with creation? It is then clear that the ways, for a knowledge of which he had asked, were made known to him, are the actions proceeding from God, may he be exalted. Ages call them the sages call them characteristics of God, and they speak about the, the Yud Gimel Midot, the 13 attributes. This term apply to moral quality. What is basically saying is that the word Midah means different things depending upon the object to which it is applied. When you apply the word Midah to God, to the way that God acts, when you, ref when you use the word midah to a and apply it to a human being, it refers to the moral makeup of the human being that you are describing. Very different from the way that you use the word midah when you are talking about God. When you say a person is a bal midot, a person of good midot, uh, you are saying that he has a good moral fiber, but that is very different from describing God because God, by his actions, not by his example. If you go through Pirkei Avot, the ethics of the fathers, and you want to be able to see some examples of what the Mishnah says about um, uh, different um, uh, moral makeups of different kinds of people, the sages use the term There are four different attributes of moral makeup when we talk about people who give charity. Or arba midot four attributes or four qualities of moral makeup of people who go to the study hall to study Torah. In other words, we're describing moral character. We're not describing actions. And so therefore, it's very different based on the context. Okay, this expression occurs frequently. The meaning here is not that he possesses moral qualities forms actions resembling the actions that in us proceed from moral quality, from aptitudes of the soul. The meaning is not that the soul, what, what uh, is translated in Hebrew as uh, uh, characteristics or aptitudes, 
Scripture has restricted itself to mentioning only those 13 characteristics. Although Moshe apprehended all his goodness, I mean to say all his actions, because these actions proceeding from him may be exalted in respect of giving existence to humankind and governing them. This was Moses' ultimate object, objective, and in his request, the conclusion of what he says being, that I may know thee, so that I can know you to the end that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. That is a people, the government of which I need to perform actions that I must seek to make similar to your actions in governing them. Now the Rambam has told us why Moshe links his knowledge of God to the uh, forgiveness that is being shown to the people. What Moshe is essentially telling God at this point is the reason why I to know about Hashem and I need to have a greater knowledge of your workings is because a great leader needs to emulate God in the way that he leads his people. So that just like you govern the world, you are asking me to govern this nation. If I am to govern them in a God-like fashion, I need to know more about you. And the more that I know about your actional attributes, the better of a leader or a godlike leader that I will be for my people. This is the Rambam's political theory, political philosophy, and we are going to come back to this, God willing, next week in our discussion of the negative attributes of action, such as wrath and, uh, and violence and destruction and so forth. We're going to talk about this, but I want you to sort of in your mind that the idea that the Rambam is conveying over here is reason why Moses needed or, or uh, had a basis for asking God to know God's ways was specifically because the Jewish people were in a chaotic and precarious and he needed to know how to lead them moving forward so that he could protect them in the future from this situation in the future. It thus has become clear to you that the ways, the derachecha, and the characteristics the midot are identical. They are the actions proceeding from God may he be exalted in reference to the world. Accordingly, whenever one of his actions is understood, the attribute from which this action of him may be exalted, and the name deriving from that action is applied to him. So, for instance, one apprehends the kindness of his governance in the production of the embryos of living beings. God gives life to every human being. And that we ascribe and say that God is merciful or that God is kind. Okay. In reality, that's just an action of God. The bringing of various faculties to existence in them after birth, faculties that preserve them from destruction and annihilation and protect them against harm to them in all the doings that are necessary to them. Now, actions of this kind us only after we feel affection and compassion so we feelings of mercy and compassion with our actions of taking care of little children, of picking up a child who's left at the doorstep and bringing him in and raising him and taking care of a, a, a child, right? But does God have those innate feelings of mercy and compassion and love? Not at all. The Rambam is saying that would be a terrible mistake and that would be a form of idolatry almost. God, may he be exalted, is said to be merciful that is said, like a father is merciful to his children. In the book of Psalms, 
And it says, and I will pity them as a man pities his own son. As it says in the book of Malachi, it is the exalted is affected and has compassion. God is not affected or influenced by seeing a little baby, right? But an action similar to that which proceeds from a father in respect to his child, and that is attached to compassion, pity, proceeds from and may be exalted in, refer in reference to his pious ones, to his chasidim, is the ones who are truly devoted, not because of a passion or a change. Because remember, if God is subject to change based upon what is outside of him, then God is um, a changeable being. And one of the most important aspects of God's unity is that he is unchangeable, immutable. And just as when he, just as when we give a thing to somebody who has no claim upon us, this is called chanina, this is called kindness and grace. When you give something a gift, a gift for free without any expectation of anything, that in the Hebrew is called chanina, right? Giving someone a, a gift for free, right? As it says, grant them graciously. So is the term applied to him whom God has given. As the Pasuk says, talks about how God has been so benevolent to him for no reason. When he speaks, because God has dealt graciously with as it says in Genesis chapter 33. Such instances are frequent for he may be he exalted, brings into existence and governs beings that have no claim upon him with respect to being brought into existence and being governed. God acts kindly, creates and provides for beings who reason to expect these gifts from God. God owes us nothing. And that is chen, uh, chanun. God is chanun, he is benevolent. For this is called Now, this up until now, the Rambam has been describing God's benevolent action. Um, we haven't yet touched on the topic of God's malevolent actional action of God to those who are sinful. And that has to be examined in this chapter as well. But the main thrust of our chapter today is that if we were to think that God in his true essence is a loving, compassionate Father, we would be making a mistake. God behaves with us as a loving, compassionate Father would behave with a child whom he loves. And when the prophets talk about Kirachem of Albanim, that God, you are compassionate and merciful with us like a father is merciful with his children. And when God himself even describes himself that I am al my innards yearn for my, my wonderful son Ephraim, my beautiful Jewish children. This is all figurative. This is not to be taken literally. But God is essentially telling the Jewish people, my interaction with you should be understood in this way so that you can have some entree of, of relating to me. But the truest knowledge of God is to know him not through the even actional attributes, but through an even higher level that only Moshe had access to. And that's, and, uh, and therefore, the Rambam's project is being, is being accomplished in this chapter, of making sure that we understand that God's unity is absolute, and he is truly not in which he truly is. And that's why we can only relate to God negatively, meaning from negative um, theology, 
to understand what he is not, not to truly understand what he is. And we will continue and finish this chapter, uh, Bezrat Hashem, God willing, next time. I wish you a wonderful week.